All right, Caleb, we're all set up for the podcast. You you saw this week's movie, The Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It. No, that's not what we saw, Joe. Wait, what? No, we saw DeVille. Corella. No! Give me a moment's peace and take out the trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Hello and welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Caleb, and me, Joe, go to the theaters because movies are back. Oh, God. Where we go back to the theaters and we watch movies that we hope, emphasis on hope, we're we're gosh darn hoping, will be hot trash. Joe, what did we suffer through this week? (sighs) The latest in Disney live action remake slash what if the villain was the main character and kind of a good guy they're for the protagonist at least cruella from the very beginning i realized i saw the world differently than everyone else that didn't sit well with some people but i wasn't for everyone i guess they were always scared that i'd be a psycho (laughs) dear god where do we start Okay. Okay, I know where to start. This movie's two hours and 14 minutes. There we go. That's a great starting point. Did you have hope for this movie? Uh, I was saying previously in the car ride, the trailers did not lead me to believe that this would be good. Quite the opposite, in fact. But not quite enough to where I thought that there wasn't the realm of possibility of this being decent, at least maybe even surprisingly okay. It was neither of those. I thought it was going to be a different kind of bad from like your Beauty and the Beast's your, I assume, I didn't see this, but your Lion Kings, which just a lazy retread of the story. I thought this was going to be a different combat. Poss- you know, possibly like one that I can have a good time with. And I would argue those aren't bad at their heart. They're, they're lazy. You know, they sit around probably the middle mark in terms of actual end quality they're, to maybe slightly yeah. below. Yeah, they're perfectly, perfectly watchable. Yeah. Why you would watch them when you have a better alternative? Who knows? This though, like there's a cognitive dissidence with Cruella. That I feel like they could have exploited. For sure. It's not what happened. They didn't. Joe, you you have said to me while we were setting up and when we left the theater and when we were walking into our house, <laughs> you have said to me that this is the worst movie you've seen for the podcast? Quite possibly for the podcast, I think it's a definite. Okay. Just in terms of, we have seen some bad movies. Don't get me wrong. The Search for Hot Trash is one that does not not grace us with bad movies. It leaves us battered and broken yes. more often than not. Yes. Uh, the infidels of the world, the underwaters of the world. Difference I being, we saw that. Yeah, I know. Difference being, I didn't go into those with what uh, just the tiniest bit of optimism. Maybe this old, maybe this could be good. No. I, I knew some of these movies were going to be bad. This one hurt more. Yeah. It was 30 minutes longer than those. It never shut up. Okay. I I mean, Infidel is one of the worst. It may, Inf- be, Infidel's it may bad. be the worst movie I've ever seen. Infidel's bad. The only other one that I think would qualify for you, though, is we did see Black Christmas for oh, this. Oh, God. We did, and we did not do an episode because oh, you were so God. angry at it. You're right. It's, I mean, it's kind of disqualified because we didn't do an episode for it. We saw it for the podcast. We did see it though. for the podcast, though. God. Okay. Yeah. Can you tell me the story of Cruella? But yet, let's get Cruella in here. Oh, no, darling. No, dear God, no. So Corella is born to a poor, I assume they're poor. They're not, they're not wealthy. How about that? Well, there's not a they. It's just one person. That's true. 
Uh, her mom is just a down on her luck lady, and she's trying to get Estella, as it is, to be just a prim and proper normal girl. But that's kind of hard because she has split hair, black and white, that she has had ever since she was a kid. And she's beautiful, bad, and just a little bit mad. Just a little bit mad. So she's always causing a ruckus in the school with her good friend Anita Darling trying to protect her. Then she gets kicked out of the school. So her mom's like, we're going to London. This is where we're going to, you You can't be in school in wherever we are uh, because you got expelled. But I need to call in a favor first. So they go to this big old, big old house. She meets up with a mysterious lady. Estella is a little deviant and sneaks around the f- fashion ball that's going on. And it gets into troubles. And there's now three Dalmatians chasing her. And then the Dalmatians jump at her mom, who is at a cliff with what becomes the Baroness. I don't know why I would say, ah, who is it? Yeah, who knows? It's it's the antagonist of the the Baroness. And uh, her mom falls off a cliff and dies. More than anything, that gave me hope. Now, we we had to get through- Really? We had to get through like 12 minutes of- A lot. Of a lot of Emma Stone narrating. A lot, and a lot of kid. Yes, a lot of kid, which was not promising. However- when the mom fell off the cliff, it was done in such a dark, comedic way. It was so hokey. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of series of unfortunate events. Yeah. It reminded me of like, what's her name in Josephine yeah. and Josephine falling out the window and wide window. Like, and I love the series of unfortunate events and how it handles its dark humor and stuff. So I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe we can get a little bit here. I wouldn't say it gave me hope, but I was like, um, maybe it knows what it is. It quickly fizzled out. Oh yeah. The only other thing that kind of kept those vibes going was the snotty store manager. Um, he was fun. Yeah. But before we get to him, yes, Caleb, we have a lot more to get through, including my new segment of the show. Worst actor. Do, 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 do. Not do, do, do. Do, 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 do. Price is right. Whatever. All right. Worst actor of this movie goes to Child Jasper. Okay. I was trying to think. I was really worried you were going to say someone who I thought was good in this. But yeah, I completely forgot she was in this movie. Yeah, she's bad. Like, she, no, she, he. Oh, Jasper. She, child sorry, Jasper. Sorry. All of the children are bad. Estella is in the part of the movie where there's kind of this childlike whimsy to it. And, like, you don't know that it's bad yet. That quickly becomes evident when they get Child Jasper on screen, who Emma Stone is narrating what he uh, his his qualities are. And he is saying lines. I, I he's think, a kid, so I'm not giving too, too much flack, but God, ooh, he's I bad. Think, I think the child Horace is also bad. The one saving grace about these children, they're on screen for maybe less than five minutes. Yep. And then we get to the adult actors, and I think the adult actors are all decent. I think everybody in this movie is decent. They were given the worst possible script in the world to work with, and by God, they were trying to they were trying to work with it. I think Emma Stone does a very fun Corella impression. Okay. Now, I don't think that's too hard as we have demonstrated. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> because it is really fun to talk like Corella DeVille. Oh, darling. darling. Oh, I see Cersei, Cersei has this coat joined is us. beautiful. Oh, what Joe, if I skinned you? <laughs> may I borrow your cat? I think that in a different movie, she could, you know, do like what Glenn Close did in the 90s and like make it fun enough, but... On this one. Not this one. Oh, and then Richard Jewell. I don't know his actual <laughs> actor's name. Richard Jewell is, I think, is probably the best part of this. If we're talking about acting, I he's feel like... He's getting to be the comedic part. Yeah. I think he's getting the easiest thing to do where they're not expecting much of him. Yeah. Well, and I've seen him in other stuff where he's played Richard both. Jewell. 
I've never seen Richard <laughs> Jewell, but you know, he's, he's also the best part in I, Tanya, which is another bad movie. And you know, he's, he's funny enough. In Same director. Man. Really? Yes. Cool. Yes. Cool. Yep. Then I have a rant later on. <laughs> Surprised you didn't know that going into it. No, I recognized his name during the credits, but anyways, uh, long story short, Estella, Jasper and Horace, they steal things. They live in an attic, which is apparently a warehouse. Estella just has that fashion eye. She knows how to design stuff. She gets recruited by the Baroness Emma Thompson, works at her fashion company. And then Corella, or Estella, as it is right now, finds out she's the one who murdered her mom. She becomes Corella very quickly. Yeah. This part that she locked up deep inside of her. and then Best a- part of the movie, I'd say, this part you're describing, this like... 30 minutes where they're planning and executing the initial heist. Oh, the initial heist. Yes. Yes and no. But I mean, no part of this movie is good. Okay. (laughs) So best part, best part being relative to the rest of the movie. And, and then it's just Corella now and the Baroness going back and forth. Corella just being like, Hey, I'm at your party. Bye. And showing up Emma Thompson. And then it comes to a head and there's Corella. By God, nothing happens for a two hour and 14 minute movie. Yeah, and then eventually Emma Thompson tries to kill Estella slash Corella by burning her alive. Mark Strong saves her and is like, hey, I am the the valet for Emma Thompson. And also, you are Emma Thompson's daughter. Big surprise. Did you think that Mark Strong was going to be the dad? No. I thought immediately it was Mark Strong's the dad when when it shows uh, her mom talking to him at the party initially. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then he keeps going. I'm like, that's it's, it's, it's her dad. I think at that point, that would have made sense. I thought you meant with the Baroness. And I'm like, nah. Oh, no, not with the Baroness. I just mean before it's real, it's the Baronesses and the Baron. But then Corella plans the final big F you to the Baroness and gets her to confess. Do the, do the, I'd kill a million children before I let this company die uh, in front of a bunch of people. In the form of pushing Corella off a cliff, Corella or Estella off Estella. a cliff. Corella comes back and it's like, oh, Estella willed me everything. And because I'm her daughter, I get everything. No, because Estella was Jesus. the Baroness's daughter. And because Estella willed Corella it, Corella gets the manor. Cool. Anyway, it's a bad movie. Yeah. Where, where do we want to start? Okay. I said at the very beginning, two hours and 14 minutes. This movie is horribly paced. We looked up the length of the original. It's an hour and 14. You could almost watch that movie twice. And you would have a much better time. Obviously, this needs a little bit more depth because of just they're trying to do a villain story. But man, blockbusters are so long nowadays. I, I, I can't stand it. Especially when you can't pull me in at any point. The whole sequence of her at the um, department store before she gets hired for the Baroness, cut that. Cut half of the stuff. (laughs) Cut half of the stuff as her as a child. Cut almost all of Emma Stone's narration. Oh, God. You can take a chainsaw to this movie. You could just blindly slash at this movie. Once again, I think we've talked about this with another movie. The bun cut is me taking the file and deleting. Actually, no. I do think that there are okay parts of this movie that are just annulled by how long it is and how the majority of it is very uninteresting. So, like, maybe you could do a fan edit. I honestly think to get all the interesting stuff, you'd cut it down to be, like, 45 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to ask the who asked for this question because no one asked for any movie. 
But is Cruella DeVille that deep of a character to where you can have this backstory for her? I don't like, I've been saying this since the movie was like announced and stuff. She skins puppies, maybe not in this movie. And I don't know how you get to the Cruella that d- is willing to skin I don't puppies think you're supposed to. And I, I don't think you're yeah. going to, but that is the basis of her character. She is crazy lady who wants to skin puppies. And here's the problem. Crazy lady who wants to skin puppies is really fun. I will make the argument that Cruella is Disney's most unique and fun villain. She's pretty good. There are a lot of other good villains, and I and I didn't say best. I said unique and fun. I feel like those other villains fall into, like, archetypes. Cruella is very much just her own thing. But she's insane. Yeah, so I get putting her in a movie and making a movie around her, but they're not making a movie about Cruella. As much as they want to say it, they're making a movie about Stella, who is not interesting. I want to see a crazy person run around God, they named, for an hour and a half. They name drop the Cruella thing immediately when she's like playing with her mom or something. And she's like, oh no, I have the fashion powers or whatever. Oh, that's, you're a little Cruella, aren't you? You're supposed to be a Stella, not Cruella. Then they go to school. No Cruella today. So her mom's just been like antagonizing her with this nickname almost. And then it becomes like a persona almost. It's the Batman to her Bruce Wayne. Which is interesting enough. And it's interesting that there's a part in the movie where she's like, I'm going to base Cruella off of Emma Thompson. And I think that's interesting. That's cool. If it was more of a personality thing, if there was a switch that was going on and you saw like, after she was like confident in front of Emma Thompson was like standing up to her. She goes back to the house and she's like, Oh my God, like having a panic attack about it. I can't believe I did that. Horace and Jasper are having to come for her or something. She just turns into a dick. <laughs> See what you're doing though is you're adding, you're adding content to this movie. This movie, <laughs> yeah, once course. again, despite being two hours and 14 minutes long is paper thin and they're trying to, put so many plots in how dare you call this movie paper thin they had the car they did the so they soloed the car and solo being the verbiage of the movie solo a star (laughs) wars story the cars in this movie remember Carell's car yep yep here's how she got it remember her house hell hall yep it it wasn't always hell hall but it is now there are so many plots in this there are so many like different heist movies starting and stopping. I was like, oh, it's getting fun. I love a good heist. There's the Devil Wears Prada. There's like the emotional like story. And then all throughout there, they're scattered in the little solo moments. But none of these ever like are able to fully form. And they all like just butt heads. And they all are paper thin. It's so disappointing because the keys are there. The keys, like you have an interesting character. You have an actor who can pull off the character. You have the resources to do this. You have a decent supporting cast. You have the right genre. You have heist. You just do not have the right vision behind no. it. No. <laughs> no, you do not. I don't I don't know how, like, what we can pull out to, like, rag on this movie. Oh, I've got a couple things. Okay, well, you go for it. You haven't got anything so far. Uh, the set design is awful in this movie. The reason I bring this I up... I do have another thing. I, fr- I can't believe I didn't say it yet, but yeah. The reason I bring this up is that this is a movie that needs to have a distinctive style. Because once again, Corella sure does. And yeah... She does. They lean into it in the costumes here and there. Yeah. But the rest of the world is just so boring and drab. And, and gray. Yeah. And green. There are a couple moments where it's like, oh, that's kind of a cool set, but... But nothing really. It's very dry bones. And like you could have like imagine if like a Bo Welsh had made this. Do you know who he is? 
He directed a lot of series of unfortunate events. He made the Cat in the Hat movie. Um, that movie has style. That movie has style. That's the thing. And he worked with Tim Burton a lot. Imagine if he had made it. Imagine if Barry Sonnenfeld had made it. Imagine if Tim, like a good Tim Burton, <laughs> had made it. 90s like, Tim Burton. No one, like those three people, I don't want to see them waste their time on a Corella movie. But imagine if someone like with that intent and with that style you with say that, vision. that i can very easily see a tim burton presents cruella like i can see that poster especially with the font they had already yeah, but the problem is i've seen tim burton presents uh, yeah i mean yeah yeah that's the other thing i think so flesh out this world in just the style design make it look like sweeney todd or something or if you want to make it like slowly make the world more match cruella's like as her influence takes over like match cruella's aesthetic also, while there is perfectly competent acting in this, this is a movie that is made for character actors. Keep your big actor as your villain and your big actor as your protagonist. We were talking the other day about the woman who plays Baudelaire's mother. Beauregard. Beauregard's mother in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. She leaves an impression because she's like, she's she knows how full to do of expressions. energy. Yeah. yeah. Get people like that in this movie. Fill this movie with that. Get rid of Mark Strong as fun as he is. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even call him fun. I just, every time I saw him, I'm like, yay. Yeah, the only person who even gets kind of close to this is Richard Jewell. Mm, of yeah, course. Even the Ziggy Stardust fashion designer. Oh, God. Cut him. Cut everything about him. You should cut him, but, like, he is a perfect character for a character actor to dig in. And they don't they do, don't anything, do anything with, with it, it, so cut him as he is. Yeah. And finally, oh, my word. Joe, I know you'll go off on this one. The music. Oh, God. Before we get into that. I, I do have something to jump off. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you did you say it was a movie made for children? Oh, I didn't say that, but yes, I it thought is. maybe I filled in when I thought you were going there. I think comparing it to Bo Welsh and Tim Burton landed that. Yeah, so they're acting very hokey. It, it has a level of camp that never really leaves, which I, I found joy in. The, if they had leaned too seriously, then it would have just dragged this movie they further down than yeah. it could have. I think the, the problem, problem is, is everything is taken very seriously. Yeah. They're not acting it, but everything is so serious. Well, and that's the thing is the problem is not that this has a little camp. The problem is that this needed a lot of camp. Yes. And you can take camp seriously like Adam West did in the Batman series. That's what's funny about that is how seriously he's taking it. But they are trying to, like, draw out the emotion. I can see Emma Stone being, like, ha having to do a couple takes because she was going a little too wild. And like, okay, tone it down a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Like, she is trying to bring some of this, like, insane Krell energy. They're like, no, she's just a little bit mad. Just a little bit. Let me look up this director's name. Craig Maneer. Not Craig Maneer, the Home right. Depot CEO. It's Craig. It's it's Craig something. It's Craig Gillespie. I can see this being Craig Gillespie's Corella. This isn't Disney's Corella. Oh yeah, Emma. This is my Corella, and we're gonna do this seriously. I can see that happening on set. No idea. Now you know it's Craig, like Tanya. Craig might be a nice guy, but I can definitely see like the. Yeah, I'll use this word. I can see the pretentiousness in this. But we're going into the music before we get yes, sidetracked yes, yes. again. Sorry. Dear God, first, I don't know. Uh, once she gets the job at the department store, or I don't know what you call the store, the posh store, that's what, 20 minutes into the movie? Uh, it felt longer. I counted. 12 songs have been played. 12 licensed songs had been played at that point. An absolute grab bag of songs, too. They're all rock. But, well, 
There's a couple Nancy like Sinatra is at rock. There's a couple you know. written like uh, covers of them to try to fit the aesthetic and the the time frame a little more. The girl power energy, yeah. yeah. But they're playing they're playing the Clash next to the Beatles next to Nancy Sinatra. They clearly have no idea like if they're sticking with the time period oh, yeah. or if they're not. There's a uh, a beautiful like three minutes of absolute silence when she first gets into uh, the Baroness's like fashion hall. Ah, can't can't have that. Got to get the songs back. Did this have more songs than Kissing Booth too? That I knew there was another movie that we had watched where it had a lot of songs. I think so. This movie did not let up. It was only towards the end that there was actual like score going on. Yeah, I know. It like, was just song after song after song. I felt and so they bad all for this the composer. Same. Like, I mean, he may have written a bad score. I wouldn't know because all I <laughs> we didn't was hear any of about. it. Yeah, like, but man, I feel bad for him. And that's part of the problem, right? It's like this clearly doesn't have the power to like invoke emotion. So it's like uh, people are falling asleep. Quickly, play a recognizable tune. But only recognizable enough for people are like I know that song. And then, and then, not and then your you- genre of music though. No, like I, I knew every song that played. Well, yeah. I'm I think I would sing it along to a couple. You are. They're, they're all, good songs. It's I say they're all recognizable songs, but not enough where it's that first beat where like, oh, hell yeah, or something like that. It's just like, oh. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just kind of groan because also the problem is when you have this many songs and you're just going for like recognizable classics, you're going to get songs that remind you of other things. Like they play Can I or uh, Should I Say or Should I, I Go? Yeah, Should I Say or Should I Go? Great song. Great album. Big fan. But most people are going to think about Stranger Things season one because they play that all the time in Stranger mm-hmm. Things season one. And that was most people's introduction to that song. Our age, I would imagine. Right. I hope not. <laughs> I don't know. I had maybe a, younger. Let's go with younger. That show that shows way pop more popular. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't think they played London is calling when they were going to London speaking of the clash. So there's a point. But then come together, come together. It's been in a billion things. And then finally at the end, because Devel, Devil. They play Sympathy for the Devil, which takes away from one of our favorite movies. Suicide Squad no longer has the least subtle use of Sympathy no! for the Devil. It now goes to Corella. I'm sorry, Viola Davis's walk-in music. No. Get it? She's like the devil. And that's the other funny thing about this song. There are several songs that like would have had language that wouldn't have been bad. You could get away with it in a PG-13 movie. But like Disney probably won't want like sympathy for the devil, they're not gonna actually get to the line. Yeah. So they there were some songs that they just cut out the lyrics and they just played the music. Yeah, so fit in more music. But it was super <laughs> we distracting. Couldn't have enough songs. It was super distracting. I did this I the music was more distracting that just kept going. I I there were rarely any moments where I was like, this song is really man, the subtlety is just not there or whatever. Cause that was a constant. Yeah, it was. So the songs never took me out in that sense. Yeah. Just more in the sense, why are there so many songs? It's constant background music. It's like you're in a Walmart and like they're just <laughs> constantly it's pumping perfect. music. No, it's like you're in a Hot Topic. Do you want to talk about the uh, the deep uh, social commentary about... Uh, classism. About classism and uh, how owners uh, steal the work of their laborers? Why would we do that? We just said what the movie said, basically. Yeah, that's That's true. about as surface level as the movie gets. Do you think any Disney live action movie should tackle, try to tackle the evils of capitalism? No, so don't try to start it. Then why did this and Dumbo (laughs) do that? (laughs) You're two for two, Disney. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure I saw a screenshot of Lion King where Pumbaa was reading Marx. (laughs) I feel like we've beaten this poor movie into submission up. This movie isn't poor. This is a Disney movie. Yeah. It has the backing of one of the most powerful studios behind it. If not the most powerful movie studio. Yeah. 
here's what I'll say. This is the connection to Tanya. My God, is the narration obnoxious? Jesus in this movie. Christ, I forgot about the narration. Now, Tanya is a little bit more justified because it, they're breaking the fourth wall. However, however, if you can cut out your narration and lose nothing, then you should probably do that. It's the hey, let me narrate what is clearly being shown on screen. Just in case, just in case people don't get it. Well, and deeply trying to get more of Corella in the movie. Corella is not in that much of this. I think she's in like she's an exhaust in, in, in an exhausting amount at the by the end of it. Where I'm just like, oh god, that's what I wanted the like the dual personality thing. I yeah. thought they were gonna lean into that, and they just did it. Do we even need to rate this? Uh, yeah, it's bad. This is the this is the hot trash limited, and this is. This is the worst. I think this is the worst kind of bad we can get. I think both of us saw this trailer. We heard the god awful hear me roar line. Disney trying to cash in on that feminism. They're just trying. And we were like, oh my God, there's potential. And it just did not deliver. Well, and for me, it was it was that line the that we've been making fun of constantly. I'm beautiful and bad. And just a little, a bit, little mad. bit mad. Yeah, it's bad. And it's had no reason to be and uh, Craig Gillespie just shouldn't be able to make movies anymore. And are you going to go see the sequel? All right, so are we going to get, is it the Cruella Cinematic Universe? Because we got the we got the 101 Dalmatians set up. Oh yeah, that's that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I get having a couple like references to it in the movie. That's fine. But just fully leaning into it at the end is like, oh, thank you for reminding me of a much better movie. <laughs> oh, wait. Cruella DeVille's from 101 Dalmatians? I forgot! <laughs> they end the credit, or they begin the credits with a remix of the Cruella DeVille song. It doesn't have the best line. Yeah, and then it plays the good Cruella DeVille song in the mid credit scene. It's bad. It's bad. Bad. I'll go see the sequel, though. We punish ourselves. I'm really curious as to if this can get worse or if they can make it marginally better. Mm, time will tell. I don't think that they'd make an extremely different movie. No, they wouldn't. Maleficent 2 was pretty bad. <laughs> I never saw that one. That, so are we waiting 10 years for Cruella 2? Oh, yeah. Let's let's do it. Okay. Because we need to age Cruella up. To From the, 22? Yeah. Yeah, Emma Stone just really nailing this like young adult role. I think Horace really had the 22-year-old in the back. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to Hot Trash Unlimited. Be sure to rate and review us so that we can pretend like this was worth it. Uh, check out my <laughs> Give other, us something. <laughs> check out our other podcasts, All New 52. I'm also on The Snub Club and Star Wars Therapy. Um, we talk about better stuff there, usually. Stuff we usually enjoy. Yeah. Well, I, think I think we're more hit, hit than miss. All right, I'm, I'm going to go skin Cersei. <laughs> no!